Hey, it's Rick Kettner here, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the most important parenting habit for raising confident, independent, and future-proof kids. Now, if you haven't yet listened to the previous episode, I do recommend that you start there. That's where we set the stage for what to expect from this podcast by talking about the unique challenge of raising kids today and why it's so critical that we raise our kids to be future-proof. But assuming you've already listened to that episode... Let's get started with this episode. When it comes to raising our kids to be future-proof or just raising them to be successful in general, effective parenting begins with nurturing meaningful relationships with our kids. Our ability to support their development is connected to the awareness that we have of their interests and their challenges and their opportunities in life. It's not enough that we simply love or care deeply about our children, we must also connect with them on a regular basis so we can understand what they are going through and so we can support their growth and development more effectively. Now, of course, our kids will have many different teachers and coaches and mentors over the course of their lives. But as parents, we serve a very unique and vital role because not only do we tend to care more deeply about them when compared to other adults that may be in their lives, But we also have a more complete view of their life journey. And so while other adults may be involved in guiding their schoolwork or their hobbies or some other specific interests, we are uniquely positioned to support the overall development of their life. So in a sense, we kind of serve as the head coach of their lives with other adults playing more specialized supportive roles for specific interests or outcomes. Now, unfortunately... Life can get busy and we can easily lose sight of this very important role and responsibility that we have as parents. If we aren't proactive about developing a relationship with our kids, then our role can become limited to that of supervisor or of taskmaster in some ways, or I guess worse still, they might view us as simply their disciplinarian. And instead of connecting with them on a personal level, we can find ourselves doing little more than just establishing boundaries and providing feedback and more generally just managing the household. And while, of course, these roles in and of themselves are important, they should not define the relationship that we have with our children. The fact is, relationships are built on meaningful conversations. Now, Hollywood movies and television dramas would have us believe that the key to great parenting comes down to a few critical make-or-break moments. You know, in the last episode, I talked about how my father supported my desire to leave school and pursue business at a young age. And if that story was to be portrayed as a Hollywood movie, you can imagine how the focus would almost certainly be on the moment that I was offered the choice to drop out of high school and pursue business, the sort of turning point moment. But That kind of dramatic narrative completely fails to convey everything that led to that moment, including the years of guidance and support from both of my parents that made such a choice even possible in the first place. So while it's certainly tempting to romanticize these kinds of turning point moments, it's critical that we appreciate the small, consistent actions that often take place over many years that can and most often do, have a far greater impact over the course 
of a child's life. So again, healthy parental relationships are built on the casual yet meaningful conversations that take place over long periods of time. We don't have to be perfect on any given day, but we do have to show up consistently. And by doing so, we're able to turn the unwieldy goal of being a great parent into a simple commitment to be present each and every day. Now, of course, there's a big difference between knowing what we should do and actually doing it, actually pulling it off in day-to-day life. Because again, life can get busy. And when that happens, our desire to develop and maintain a close relationship with our kids can take a backseat to other responsibilities. And in some cases, this can take place for weeks or even months at a time. And so the way to permanently resolve this problem and to ensure that we're meeting this foundational need is to build meaningful conversations into our daily routine so that they take place no matter how chaotic and how busy life may get at certain points. As author James Clear puts it, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. So we must build a reliable system for nurturing strong relationships with our children and engaging in meaningful conversations with our children. Put differently, we need to establish a daily habit or a daily routine that we use to consistently connect with our kids. Now, for me, growing up as a family of six with four boys, I know that my parents had a lot to manage in day-to-day life. And yet, no matter how busy things were on any given day, family dinner was a stable and consistent part of our routine. It's where some of our most valuable conversations took place. We would share things that were going well. We could vent about challenges or setbacks, things that weren't going so well. And we could discuss ways to make progress towards our goals or towards our certain outcomes or anything else that we wanted to achieve. Now, of course, dinner wasn't the only time we would have meaningful talks with our parents. There were conversations that would take place during long road trips or maybe one-on-one chats while we were engaged in a specific hobby. And of course, there were many other opportunities for us to connect with our parents, either one-on-one or together as a family. But dinner conversations were unique because with very few exceptions, they were a consistent part of our daily lives. Now, the idea that family dinner is a great time to get together with the family and engage in meaningful conversation is, of course, not new. This is something that has been a long-held tradition across many diverse cultures throughout human history. But I think it's also fair to say that the popularity of this practice seems to be declining in recent years. Fewer families are getting together for dinner, and those that do get together for dinner are often distracted and less likely to engage in meaningful conversations. And in part, that's because today there are a growing number of demands on our attention between things like longer work hours, expanding social obligations, and perhaps most important of all, or most impactful of all, increasingly addictive technologies like social media and even more traditional things like watching television can be very interruptive. And it can make it difficult for families to set aside time for real casual yet meaningful conversations with their kids. But with that said, I do believe that now more than ever, we actually need to return to this practice of setting aside and protecting this valuable time to engage in these kinds of conversations with our kids. Now, to be fair, it may be impractical for some families to build a dinner routine like this. Perhaps 
You know, a parent may be working an evening shift or a child may have extracurricular activities. There might be other things like this that create a scheduling conflict, and that's okay. The key here is to, more than anything, find a time that works for you and your family. And so for some, it may be best to get everyone together for dinner, like we're talking about here. But for others, it may be best to get everyone together for family breakfast. Or for those who drive their kids to school every morning, the the daily commute of driving them to school might be a more attractive option, even if it only happens five days a week instead of seven. And for parents of really young children, it may even, in fact, be better to get together with kids one-on-one as part of an extended bedtime routine, especially if those kids are prone to distraction at the dinner table or they're just at an early enough stage where it's better to be engaging with them one-on-one. But what matters most here, the key theme here, is that we set aside time to engage in meaningful conversations with our kids as an automatic part of our regular schedule. Now, as far as how to make the most of this time, that's a subject that we're going to continue to come back to and build on over the coming episodes of this podcast. But for now, the focus is simply on establishing a consistent routine and making this time, setting aside and protecting this time to ensure that day in, day out, as we've been talking about here, we have this consistent routine of engaging with our children and having a better understanding of their lives and discovering new ways in which we can be more supportive for what they are going through or what they are trying to achieve in their lives. Now, when it comes to choosing the best time for your specific daily routine, there are some important considerations to make. And so I thought it'd be useful to quickly review three of the advantages of building this routine around dinner time and why dinner time is such an excellent opportunity for these kinds of conversations. That way, even if Dinner is not a fit for your schedule and doesn't work for your family. You'll know what to look for when it comes to choosing an alternative time. So first and foremost, dinner is a casual and comfortable group environment. There are no expectations. There are no pressures when chatting during a family meal. Kids can simply participate as much or as little as they like, depending on the theme or the flow of the conversation. And just to create contrast here, You could compare kind of a family dinner style conversation with something more structured, like calling everybody together for a family meeting. Something like that is far more likely to result in kind of a more awkward or uncomfortable conversation that feels overly structured. So again, the first point here being dinner is a casual and comfortable group environment. Second, Dinner is already a well-established routine for many people, and this is ideal because it's much easier to build on top of an existing habit or an existing routine than it is to try to start an entirely new habit from scratch. And furthermore, dinner typically occurs at the same time and place every day, which makes it an exceptionally strong and reliable routine. So rather, again, than starting a new ritual completely from scratch, we can simply get more out of this time by being more intentional about how we make use of it. And again, that's something we're going to continue to discuss in this episode and in future episodes. And third, finally, and this may seem somewhat obvious, but dinner is built on a universal need that is constant. So unlike other habits or routines that may come and go in our lives, dinner isn't really going anywhere because everybody needs to eat dinner. There are really no good excuses for not showing up. If someone is available, if people are free, they do need to eat. Everybody needs to eat. So that's another strong advantage of this particular 
opportunity because everybody already needs to eat. They really don't have an excuse not to be available. Now, of course, dinner isn't the only opportunity that meets this criteria. That's kind of the point here. And again, for some, breakfast or lunch may be more attractive. And there may even be some other alternatives that I'm not listing here that might be a better fit for your family. So once again, the key here is to find a time that works for you and to set aside and protect that time so that family conversations become an automatic part of your daily routine. And again, the whole point here is to establish a foundation for many of the ideas that we're going to be discussing in future episodes. Now, with all of that said, I think it's fair to say that for some parents, the greatest challenge will simply be getting everybody on board. Of course, if you're a parent with very young children, then you have it relatively easy because you can simply establish a new dinner routine and there's going to be relatively little fuss or pushback. And of course, also for families that have a strong tradition of already eating together, they'll basically be set and ready to go. But things can be more challenging for parents of older kids who are less accustomed to getting together for family meals. And this is especially true when there are other norms and other habits associated with dinner, such as watching television or messaging with friends or perhaps even taking a plate of food and then going elsewhere to eat. Maybe kids are used to, in fact, just coming down, getting a plate, and then going to do their homework and taking their food with them. So in this kind of a scenario, it can be a real challenge to get everybody on board. Now, if you find yourself in this situation, there are really two different options that you can consider. You can either select another time that you think might be a more natural fit for bringing the family together, or you can put in the work to establish a new dinner routine, again, centered around bringing the family together for meaningful conversations. Now, when it comes to the latter option, here are three really important steps to consider in terms of working towards this goal. Step number one, and I think the most important foundational step, is to get all participating adults on the same page. You may have a spouse maybe live-in grandparents or other relatives that routinely join you for family dinner or even just more periodically join in for family dinner. And it's very important that you communicate with these other adults and get on the same page here where they understand the many benefits of engaging your children in these kinds of meaningful conversations and that they are willing to participate alongside you and that they are fully bought into this idea. So work with them to identify a consistent time and place for family dinner, and I strongly recommend that you don't move forward with this change until you have their full enthusiastic support. Step number two, invite your kids to participate in a trial period. Now, every family situation is unique. I don't think there's any one perfect strategy for proposing this kind of change and getting everybody to buy into this idea, but as a general rule, I think it's much better to express our sincere desire to connect with our kids than it is to make demands or rely on coercion or other tactics like that. And by communicating our wish to learn more about their lives and more about their interests and making it clear that that is the desired outcome here, we unlock the option to later pivot to another routine or another approach that may turn out to be a better fit for achieving this outcome. So with this in mind, I recommend expressing your desire to connect during dinner and then propose to your kids a three-week trial period after which everyone can reassess. And of course, when you make this proposal, it's very important to acknowledge that you recognize that this is a big request. 
especially if your kids are used to other routines like watching television or perhaps taking a plate of food elsewhere. Now, if they are unwilling to commit for any reason, that's when you can make this pivot that I hinted at earlier, where you reaffirm your desire to connect with them, to learn more about their lives and their interests, and then you can give them maybe a few days to identify an alternative routine that they may feel is more convenient. Now, the third and final step is to create an experience that is positive and rewarding. This is the most important factor when it comes to turning this into a habit or a routine that truly lasts, where people aren't just willing to participate on a limited basis, but where it becomes a consistent habit that the family simply engages in each and every day. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we'll be covering a variety of tips and ideas and insights for how to make the most of this time over future episodes. But a great way to get started is by simply focusing the conversation around your children and their interests and the various things that are going on within their lives. And this typically involves asking open-ended questions. In other words, questions that cannot simply be answered with a yes or no, but involve them actually coming up and sharing ideas and sharing information. And then, of course, you need to listen thoughtfully to what it is that they're sharing. And when relevant, when it makes sense, following up with additional questions to learn more about whatever it is that you happen to be talking about. And of course, it's also important to avoid making judgments and avoid trying to steer the conversation in certain directions. Instead, what we want to do is really make it about them and when something interesting or unexpected comes up, we can seek to learn more by once again digging deeper, asking follow-up questions. Asking follow-up follow open-ended questions is ideal, where they can just continue to talk and share. And all of this is easier if you're genuinely curious about their lives and about their perspectives. And if this is something that just doesn't happen to come naturally for you right off the hop, then a little game that you can play in your own head just to get started is to think of the details of their lives as a mystery that you are tasked with uncovering through casual conversation. So you're not probing with a million questions, you're just engaging in casual conversation, but it's your mission through, through the use of open-ended questions to uncover and learn more about their lives and to get a more complete picture of what it is that they're going through and what it is they want to achieve in their life. And one thing to keep in mind in all of this is that no one moment, no one conversation, no one opportunity to be there for your kids is more important than maintaining this casual, consistent routine. A powerful benefit of this approach is that you don't have to stress about making the most of any one conversation. There is no pressure to get it right or to be perfect on any given day. And that's because, again, the value here comes from showing up consistently and being a part of their journey over many years. And it's exactly this kind of low-friction, almost invisible support that makes it possible to guide a child's growth without stealing their sense of autonomy or their sense of control. We can simply gently encourage their development through questions and various prompts while giving them space to make choices and to find solutions and to figure out what it is that they want to achieve in life or what it is they want to talk about in any given conversation. Now, we're going to explore this approach further in coming episodes, but for now, the key thing here is just know that no single moment, no single conversation is more important than maintaining a healthy routine that helps to build strong relationships with your kids. And just to be clear, this is something that I alluded to earlier, but I want to be very clear on this point. This daily routine is not the only opportunity to provide this kind of support as a parent. 
So making the most of this time isn't a substitute for being present and active in other critical moments of our children's lives. Dinner, in this case, or whatever routine you end up establishing, simply serves as the daily anchor for developing and maintaining a close relationship. And then that, of course, naturally extends into other areas of life. So we can kind of think of this habit or this routine kind of like base camp or home base. It's a safe place where your kids can regroup and get daily support and engage in meaningful conversation with the family. So to recap, the core takeaway from this episode is to establish a daily routine for engaging in meaningful conversations with your kids. And this habit will serve as a foundation to, number one, build a deeper relationship with your kids. Number two, learn about their interests and goals. And number three, discover opportunities where you can provide support. So with that in mind, here are five steps that you can take to get started. Number one, discuss this idea with other adults in the home. Now, you can get started by sharing this particular podcast episode with the other adults in your home. But again, the key idea here is to make sure that everybody, all of the adults in the house, understand what it is that you're trying to do here and that they Understand the value of engaging your children in meaningful conversations as a daily habit and that they confirm that they are willing to participate. Number two, choose a time and place for your daily routine. Now, again, we've covered several options in this episode. Maybe you'll choose dinner time, maybe breakfast or lunch, maybe the commute where you take your kids to school. And again, for younger children, another great option is to build this into sort of an extended bedtime routine. Number three, identify a reliable cue for starting your routine. Now, this isn't something that we covered in this episode, but the idea here is to identify something that consistently occurs just prior to your routine. So in the case of a dinner routine, perhaps somebody routinely calls out dinner time just prior to the family coming together and sitting down at the dinner table. Well, you want to identify a cue or a trigger like this, whether it's a trigger phrase, a trigger word, maybe a trigger action, and you want to start to view this as a reminder to get in the right mindset ahead of, in this case, family dinner. So when somebody calls out dinner time, it's a chance to kind of get centered and to enter this opportunity with the right mindset to make the most of this time. Number four, set clear expectations and boundaries. The idea here is to look for ways to protect this time from the kinds of distractions we've covered earlier, whether it's kids wanting to watch television or message with friends, or maybe take phone calls even, or take a plate of food elsewhere. Whatever it is that tends to be disruptive, you want to identify these things and then establish a very clear precedent that this time is set aside and protected for family conversations. And finally, number five, make it a positive and rewarding experience. And again, this is critical when it comes to making a habit or a routine that truly lasts. And again, this is something we're going to come back to in future episodes when it comes to how to make the most of this time and how to create the most positive experience. But you can get started by simply asking open-ended questions, listening thoughtfully to their responses, and following up to learn more. Now, in the very next episode, we will be talking about a powerful way to boost a child's confidence, independence, and sense of autonomy. So 
Once again, I recommend that you sign up for email notifications. A really good reason to sign up for notifications, by the way, is that these episodes aren't quite as frequent as some other podcasts out there that might be daily or very predictable in terms of when new episodes come out. So just to make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes of this podcast, I do recommend that you go to raisingfutureproofhumans.com or click the link in the episode description text, and that's where you can go to enter your email address and to sign up for email notifications, which of course are completely free. And again, as I mentioned in the last episode, it's also recommended that you identify one or two other parents in your social circle that may also be interested in this podcast. And one really great benefit of sharing the experience of listening to these episodes is that it gives you a chance to discuss some of your favorite takeaways with them and to even share your own ideas for how to make the most of the key concepts and the ideas that we cover from episode to episode, which of course can be beneficial when it comes to not only digesting the information, but taking action on the information as well. Now, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback about the podcast, you can email me at podcast at raisingfutureproofhumans.com. That's it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one.